opportunity to be hearers of your word. We don't take lightly, Father, this opportunity. And Father, as we prepare to hear your word, we make the decision now to be doers of the word, not hearers only, myself included. Father, I thank you that as the word comes forth tonight, it'll come forth precisely, accurately, simply, and authoritatively. And Father, we ask that you give unto us, as we hear your word tonight, we ask that you give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We ask that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling, that we may know what is the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in us as saints, and that we may know what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and sat him at your own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. That was a spirit-inspired prayer that I would encourage you to pray every day. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. Tonight's message is titled, Have No Confidence in the Flesh. The central truth of tonight's message is, as Christians, we can live our lives by faith, or we can live our lives by sight. Again, tonight's message is titled, Have No Confidence in the Flesh. And the central truth of tonight's message is, as Christians, we can live our lives by faith, or we can live our lives by sight. And the main goal of tonight's message is, is to, is to encourage each of us to live a life of faith. Again, tonight's message is titled, Have No Confidence in the Flesh. And the central truth of tonight's message is, as Christians, we can live our lives by faith or we can live our lives by sight. And tonight, our objective is to encourage each of us to choose the life of faith. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the key verses of Scripture for tonight's message. Philippians chapter 3. Verses 3 and 4. Pastor Chip communicated to me that you guys are doing a study in the book of Philippians. And he gave me the liberty to minister as the Spirit of God would lead me. But it just seemed good to me to continue the study in Philippians with you. So tonight... Our key text will be Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. And for the sake of context, we will read Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9 says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you 
to me indeed is not grievous. That word grievous means tedious or tiresome. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not tedious or tiresome or grievous, but for you it is safe. Doesn't that sound good? Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That's the title of tonight's message. And have no confidence in the flesh. Verse 4, though I, might, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Again, verse 4, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other person, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might have trust in the flesh, I the more. Verse 5, circumcise the, the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Here in verse 5, Paul refers to his background. Here in verse 5, Paul refers to his background or his pedigree. He said, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Here in verse 6, Paul refers to his lifestyle. His manner of life. Again, verse 5, Paul refers to his background. Now he's talking about having confidence in the flesh. The first thing he says is he refers to his background in verse 5. And the second thing he says is he refers to his lifestyle, his manner of life in verse 6. Then verse 7, in regards to verse 5 and verse 6, he says, but what things were gained to me but what things were gained to me the word gain there means advantage but what things were to my advantage and the word advantage means favorable to success prosperity and reputation but what things were gained to me but what things were an advantage to me but what things were favorable to my success, my prosperity, and my reputation, those I counted loss. Those I counted loss. Now the word loss means damage. It's the exact opposite of gain. It means damage. The word damage means a detriment and hindrance to success. The word damage means 
a detriment or a hindrance to success, prosperity and reputation. Again, verse 7, he said, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Verse 8. Now, the word Christ, before we go to verse 8, the word Christ is a title. It's not a last name. The word Christ means the Son of God. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Son of God. The word Christ means Messiah. Jesus the Messiah. And the word Christ means the anointed one. Jesus the anointed one. Verse 8, he says, Yea, doubtless, without a doubt, I count all things but loss for the excellency. Now I will define that word as well. The word excellency means highly valuable. Yea, doubtless, without a doubt, I count all things but loss for the highly valuable knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's pretty good. Paul calls the knowledge of Jesus Christ, his Lord, excellency of high value, high esteem, and everything else in comparison. He's about to tell us what he looks at it as. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency, the highly valuable knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them. The word count there means to reckon or consider. And I do consider them but dung. Now the word dung means rubbish, which means worthless material. That I may win Christ. Verse 8 again, without a doubt or yea doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency, the highly valuable knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for Jesus Christ, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do consider them but rubbish, worthless material, that I may win Christ. And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of, which is of God by faith. Now, Let's read Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 again. Remember, these are our main verses for tonight's study. Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 again says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Again, that's the title of tonight's message. Have no confidence in the flesh. Now the word confidence means trust. The word confident, confidence means a reliance or a resting on or a dependence upon. So Paul said we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no reliance. We have no confidence. We have no trust. We have no dependence on the flesh. Now, the flesh, we discovered, is not necessarily our body. Paul referred to the flesh in verse 
5 and 6. And he said nothing about our physical body. In verse 5, he referred to his raising, his background, his qualifications, his degrees, his accomplishments. He referred to the flesh having confidence, trust, reliance, dependence on the flesh. Not talking about our physical strength, but talking about his achievements, his family. His bloodline. How many have ever heard of Peyton Manning? It's a pretty good, pretty good last name. We could say the Manning family is football royalty. Well, each Manning, there's another Manning coming up. His name's Arch Manning. I think he's a senior in high school now. And he's been recruited by Texas and all other colleges. And he's going to go to Texas. Well, his name means a lot. But he's going to have to prove his own way. He's not going to just have to lean on that. He's not going to be able to just rely on that name. Now that name can carry him far, right? But he's going to have to have his own, his own career, his own college season, and, and then perhaps moving on to the NFL. Paul said basically he came from royalty, religiously speaking. But he said, I don't have confidence in that. Could you see that he could have confidence in that? Then he said this in verse 6, I don't have confidence in, in what, what I've done. Verse 6 again, he said, concerning passion, concerning zeal, he was very passionate, he persecuted the church. Concerning touching the law, concern, concerning touching the righteousness which is in the law, wow, this is a strong word. He's blameless. Who else could say that? <laughs> he dotted every I and he crossed every T. But he's saying that he had no reliance on that. All these achievements, all these great accomplishments. He is saying that that was the flesh. He was saying that I didn't rely on that. Have no confidence in the flesh. Then let's continue. We can see in verse 7 and verse 8 and verse 9. Verse 7, he says, These things that were a gain to me concerning the flesh, my background, my achievements, those I counted loss. Yea, doubtless, I count all things loss. And this is what his confidence was in. His confidence was in the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, his Lord, verse 8. Verse 9, his confidence was in being found in Christ. And his confidence was obtaining right standing with God, not by his efforts, but by, through, by, by faith or through faith in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, 
I want to read Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 to you in some other translations of the Bible. The first translation is the Amplified. The Amplified translation of the Bible, the classic Amplified translation of the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, For we Christians are the true circumcision who worship God in spirit and by the Spirit of God exult and glory and pride ourselves in Jesus Christ. And we put no confidence or dependence on what we are in the flesh and on outward privileges and physical advantages and external appearances. Though for myself I have at least grounds to rely on the flesh. If any other man considers that he has or seems to have reason to rely on the flesh and his physical and outward advantages, I have still more. Can we see that tonight? Now, that's the Amplified. Here's the, here's the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation says it this way. For we have already experienced heart circumcision. And we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit. Not in laws and religious duties. We are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done. And not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. I want to read that again. We're talking about having no confidence in the flesh. The Passion Translation says we are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done and not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. It's true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others for my pedigree was impeccable. But Paul didn't rely on those things. And Paul's encouraging us not to rely on any of those things in our own lives, our own accomplishments, our own efforts. He would have us rely on one thing alone. In Christ's accomplishment. In obtaining the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Relying on our identity in Christ. Aren't you thankful that the first Adam got us all in a mess, but the last Adam got us all out. And our reliance is in what He has provided for us. Amen. The main point that we discover in Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, as we study these verses tonight, is this. Paul's confidence or Paul's reliance was not in his background. Paul's reliance, Paul's confidence was not in the manner of his life. Paul's reliance was not in his own zeal and efforts. But Paul's confidence and reliance was on Christ Jesus and the highly valuable knowledge of Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4,
Paul makes it clear in his own life that he once relied on his flesh. He once relied on his background. He once relied and was proud of his lifestyle. Whereas now his confidence and reliance is in the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, his Lord. His confidence and reliance is in his identity of who he is in Christ. His confidence and reliance is not in his own efforts to obtain right standing with God. But his confidence and reliance is living by faith. And through faith in Christ, having obtained right standing with God. Now, Paul, who communicates this truth in Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, communicates it again in a very brief way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Let's turn there in our Bibles tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Paul communicates again not to have confidence in the flesh but to have confidence in God. He makes this same point in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. How many have ever heard that before? It's, it's pretty famous, isn't it? That's a pretty famous verse of scripture. Paul's saying the same thing he said in Philippians. The word walk means to live. The word walk means to live, to conduct one's life. For we conduct our life by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We conduct our lives by faith and not by sight. We live by faith. We conduct our life by faith. Faith in God. Confidence in God. Not in sight. Not in our own efforts. Not in our own strengths not in our own accomplishments we live by faith and not by sight now remember the central truth of tonight's message is that we're called to live by faith and that's a life that we have to choose Smith Wigglesworth said it this way God has designed that the Christian live by faith you know, many times when someone gives their lives to, to Jesus, they say, what's next? Maybe you have that question, what's next? I've given my life to Jesus. I've surrendered my life to the Lord. I'm serious about serving God. What's next? Well, what's next is what God has for you for the rest of your life. To live by faith. Amen. God has designed that the just or the Christian live by faith. And this is what Paul's saying. We live by faith and not by sight. Now, living by faith is totally different than the way the world lives. How many can say amen? 
just at the outset of that. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Living for God is the exact opposite of living for ourselves. That's right. Or we could even say this. When we live, when we're living for ourselves, we're living for ourselves. Versus when we live for God, we're living for God. We're going to do it God's way. Living by faith is allowing God to govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. Living by faith is allowing God to govern how we think, what we say, and what we do. How many are ready to live that life? Amen. I'm raising both hands. Because before that, we were controlled by our own thinking. We were governed by the way I thought. I was governed by the way I thought. What I needed to say. <laughs> and what I wanted to do. But I found out that the results of that weren't the best. But God's got some better results. And those results are due to saying, God, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to allow you to give me your view. I'm going to allow you to speak through me. And I'm going to allow you to live the life I live now. I'm going to allow you to live it through me. Okay? Does that make sense? Now hold your place here and go to Galatians 2.20. Have no confidence in the flesh. We live by faith, we walk by faith and not by. We live for God and we live not for ourselves. Amen. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, Paul said this. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. This is powerful, isn't it? But Christ liveth in me. Aren't you thankful that Jesus lives in you? Jesus lives in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, we're in the flesh. We live by faith. We're not going to be controlled by the flesh. We're not going to have confidence in the flesh. We're not going to rely on the flesh. But we're going to have confidence and rely on faith in God. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Jesus Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul's basically saying, the life that I now live, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to live by faith. Now, how many have ever read in the, in the Gospels where Jesus talked about when we get to heaven that he'll say to us, well done, thou good and faithful steward. Enter into the, the joy of the Lord. Now, how many want to hear that? All of us do. I heard one minister say this. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful steward, instead of, oh, you're here. 
<laughs> okay, I, now when I heard, I, I'm not that funny, so I got to thank you for laughing. When I heard it, it was funny to me, and you praise the Lord. But I, I don't, you know, some people aren't destined communicating it the same way. We want to hear well done instead of, oh, you're here. Oh, or this, oh, you made it. Now, to hear good job, you got to live by faith. And what's that mean? Let's break that down and let's make that simple. It means this. Let Jesus live through your life. The life that you now live, let Jesus be in control. Now, one, one, one couple years ago, I met a pastor. He pastors in Georgia. And we were at a conference together. And he came up to me and he said, when we get to heaven, we're going to hear, well done. Do you know what that means, Michael? And before I could answer, he said, it means this. When Jesus says, well done, he basically is saying, thank you for allowing me to live through you. When you allow Jesus to come in your life, you become the just. But when you allow, thank you, Lord, this is simple. When you allow Jesus to live through your life, the just are living by faith. That's called surrender, but it's a sweet surrender because you're surrendering to the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the plan and purpose of God, and all of those things are received by faith. You see, faith is a receiver of what Jesus has provided. That's all faith is. Faith agrees with God. Faith is persuaded of God. Faith trusts God. Faith yields to God. Faith allows God. And faith receives from God. For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace provided saved. Faith received it. For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace is Jesus. He provided victory. But faith receives it. Faith receives the plan of God. Faith says yes to Jesus. Faith allows Jesus to come into your life. But faith also says, now I'm going to let you govern what I think, say, and do. Because I've not done the best job. And where I've done a good job, I'm not going to have confidence in those achievements. Because Paul did a pretty good job. But he said, I count those things as rubbish. Worthless material for this, that I'm going to let Jesus live through me. That I can obtain the knowledge, I can grow in the knowledge of God. That I can grow in, or I can discover who I am in Christ. Because in Adam you were in crisis, in Christ you're a brand new creature. One man got us in a mess, the last Adam got us out. And you can discover who you are now. In Christ. We're talking tonight about having no confidence in the flesh. And when you have that conversation, you have to talk about living by faith, not by sight. Amen. Now we've quoted Paul from Philippians.
to 2 Corinthians, now to Galatians. Now let me go back to some commentary here. Living by faith is totally different. Now this commentary, go back to 2 Corinthians 5. Let's just look at it one more time. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's look at it one more time. Are we doing okay? Thanks again for having me. I'm glad to be here. Amen. It's a blessing. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? Living by faith is totally different than living for ourselves. Living by faith is totally different than living the way the world lives. The world lives by their sight. But as Christians, God has designed that we live by faith. Now here's an example of living by faith. It's pretty powerful. I believe it's clear. Here's a clear example of living by faith. One clear example of living by faith is seen in the life of a pilot. There are actually two types of pilots, talking about flying a plane pilot. One clear example of living by faith is seen in the life of a pilot. There are two kinds of pilots. Number one, there are visual rated pilots. Visual rated pilots. And number two, there are instrument rated pilots. Two kinds of pilots, two types of pilots. Number one, the visual rated pilot is trained, has passed tests, has passed qualifications, but he has a visual rating. Then there's a different, there's a second kind of pilot, also trained, passed tests, qualified, but he or she is known as an instrument rated pilot. Now, a visual rated pilot Flies visually. Flies by sight. And can only fly, there's limitations to this rating, can only fly if there are five miles of clear skies. So if there's no clear skies, a visual rated pilot, even though he has his license, she has his license, they'll be on the, on the uh, they'll be, they'll be grounded. But if it's a beautiful day, we've had some great, I love, don't you love this weather right now? Oh my goodness. The skies have been beautiful. If you're a visual rated pilot, right now is the time to fly. Because you've got beyond five miles of what you can see. But if it's cloudy and you don't have five miles of clear sight, you can't fly. That's a visual rated pilot. An instrument rated pilot is a pilot rating earned through intensive training focused on flying solely by reference to the instruments. This pilot doesn't fly by sight. This pilot flies by instruments the dashboard it doesn't matter what he or she sees 
physically. What matters is what the gauges, instruments, computers are saying. They're, they're not looking here, they're looking here. Doesn't mean that they don't look here, but this is telling them where they're going. The visual pilot dominantly looks here, but the instrument rated pilot looks at his, his tools. She looks at her tools. You following me? Now, powerful truth. If a pilot is not instrument rated, it takes 90 seconds before he or she gets disoriented and confused. If a pilot is not instrument rated, it takes 90 seconds before that pilot doesn't know where he or she's at. Because they're flying by sight. 90 seconds in the air. <laughs> a matter of life or death is fast. You don't know if you're flying down, up, or straight. In 90 seconds, you lose your, your bearings. When a pilot is instrument rated, they are trained to go by the instruments. This is a more accurate way to fly and a successful way to arrive at your destination. Isn't that the purpose? To arrive at your destination. Now, here's the, here's the point. Living by faith is similar. To a pilot that has been trained to focus on the instruments of the aircraft versus then going by sight. Living by faith is trusting the instrument. Not going by how I feel today. Not going by what I, I did yesterday that was improper or even successful living by faith is not being moved by how I feel by the negative report by what it looks like living by faith is being controlled by the instrument of God's word Living by faith is putting confidence in the instrument of God's word. Not confidence in what I feel or what it looks like or how it seems. This is what Paul is saying in Philippians 3, 3 and 4. Don't have confidence in these things that are here and gone in a moment. Place your faith in the word of God. Hallelujah. Place your faith in who God says you are.
Place your faith in what Jesus has accomplished for you, not your own accomplishments. Place your faith not in your disappointments because that can go both ways. You can have accomplishments or disappointments. But those disappointments like accomplishments can control you. Put your faith in Jesus' accomplishments. Put your faith in God's plan for your life. Put your faith in God's purpose for your life. Don't rest on the flesh. Rest on the instrument. Living by faith is like a pilot that's instrument rated. They're not going by what they see. They're going by what is said. And all of us as Christians that have allowed Jesus to live in our heart, we have to make that choice daily. That today, I'm going to live by faith in God's word. Amen. Now, as we close here, I want to give you an example in Psalm 62. I want to give you an example, David's example of how he lived by faith. Psalm 62. Has this been good tonight? Did you get anything out of it thus far? How many are ready to be instrument rated? Hallelujah. You're not going to be controlled by how you feel. You're not going to be controlled by negative reports. You're not going to be controlled by anything that's contrary to God's word. But you are going to be controlled by the word of God. Psalms 90, uh, excuse me, Psalm 62. I want you to see this, how David lived by faith. This is verses 5 through 8. My soul, wait thou only upon God. If you will, circle the word only. I want you to see how many times it's mentioned here. My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock. You see that? There it is again. He only. Only is a strong word. That means I'm, I'm depending on one thing. If I say only, there's no other option. My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. We could say, he only is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my deliverance. In God is my glory. God is the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Now notice he's talking about trust here. Trust in him at all times. Be instrument rated. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Now, it's the last, last few things I'm going to say. What we learn here is that David isolated his trust on God. It's called isolated expectation. An example that I would use is a thoroughbred. that ra They race that horse. They isolate its vision. They want that thoroughbred focused. 
David is saying, I am isolating my trust. I could have trust and confidence in a number of things. Hallelujah. But you only. Now, remember David, he killed the bear. He killed the lion. He killed the 10-foot problem, didn't he? As a little boy that was rejected, he became the king. And here he is teaching us how to live in victory. I'm isolating my trust on you only. You're only my rock. You're only my, my provision. You're only my... I don't find purpose in anything else. You're my all in all. You only. He had an isolated, faith-filled expectation. He didn't have one eye on this person and one eye on God. He didn't have confidence in this area and some confidence in God. He had his full confidence in the Lord. Amen. You can do that. God's asking you to do that. Paul's encouraging you to do that. Paul said, look at all the accomplishments I have. I count them as nothing. Because my absolute confidence is in Him. Amen. Now this is the last statement. I said last for a couple times. I guarantee this is the last one. We got to go. Let my people go. Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go. This is the last one. There's four kinds of expectations. Number one, negative. It sounds like this. Something bad's going to happen today. Number two, neutral. Nothing's going to happen today. Number three, misguided. You better make something happen or else. Your trust is in people. Number one, there's four kinds of trust or four kinds of expectation. Number one, negative. It sounds like this. Something bad's going to happen today. Number two, neutral. Nothing's going to happen today. Number three, your trust is in people. Misguided. You better make something happen today or else. See, that's where people get bitter because people will fail you. Your trust was in the wrong place. When you give your trust to God, He'll never disappoint you. That's why Paul said, don't have confidence in you. We love people, but when my trust is here, even if you disappoint me, I can't get offended. I'll love you and forgive you. I've got my eyes on the wrong person when I'm offended and I'm bitter. David said, I can't be offended when I love your word. You become offense free. Bitter free when you put your isolation, your expectation isolated on God. And here's the fourth expectation. Positive. You know what it sounds like? Something good's going to happen today. Amen. That's faith. Something good's going to happen today.
Because God is my victory. He only. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for the message tonight. Lord, personally, I thank you for the opportunity to stand in this wonderful church with these precious people that have opened their heart to the message tonight. And Father, we thank you for the study of the book of Philippi. And we've studied Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. And Paul said twice in those verses, have no confidence in all these other things, but have confidence in the one that deserves our trust, Jesus. I know everyone in this room has said, Jesus, come live in my heart. But tonight, Lord, myself included, we make a decision to allow Jesus to live through our lives now. And we say you only. Our expectations on you, Father. That makes us healthy in every situation we approach and we come into. Because you'll never disappoint us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.